a New York City judge removes a six-year-old child from their mother. Ron DeSantis rejects critical race theory. And apparently Asian lives only matter to Democrats when they fit the narrative. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. Welcome back to the show. So getting into the first topic for today, a New York City judge removes a six-year-old child from their mother because the mother did not wear a mask while dropping the child off at school. Now, we can already kind of base our first instincts on this story. And, And what comes to mind when I first read this was, what kind of school is this? What happened? Like, did maybe she, maybe she just didn't wear it inside the building. What's going on here? Well, the mother is actually a doctor. She's a family physician. So she went to drop off her daughter at the, what they're calling the birth Wathan Lennox school. So clearly some type of private school. I believe that's what it sounds like there. Um, this is actually a, 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 some type of prep college type school. So the mother was actually explaining on a phone call that her daughter was already inside the building and wearing a mask when the school nurse and school security attempted to force her, uh, the mother, to wear a mask on the public street in front of the building where the drop-off takes place. And she, of course, refused to do so at the time because she's outside in front of the building. That wouldn't make any sense for her to really need to wear one outside in front of the building. She's already kind of clear of the school and all of that. So the mother explained that the school nurse had come out and was aggressively demanding that she put on a mask. But she was already leaving and did not accept it. And then the mother says, quote, the next thing I know, my daughter is taken away from me. Wow. I mean, literally, like taken away. She's not able to see her child. This is craziness. So following the confrontation at the school, Dr. Epstein left, but would soon find a letter from the expensive college prep school that they sent her um, and also from her estranged husband and the attorneys from both parties. The school was demanding that she was no longer permitted to drop off or pick up her child from the school. And if you think that wasn't already bad enough, apparently the father used the notice about the whole mask situation to call for an emergency hearing of full custody. So basically, the child is entirely taken away from her at this point. Additionally, the court decided that the mother is not permitted to remove her daughter from the expensive school and told her that she does not have a choice in the matter. She is currently working three jobs to pay for not only her daughter's expenses, but the six lawyers she hired to fight what she is referring to as the kidnapping of her child. And rightfully so. Because what was insane about this when I was kind of going through this story is that I thought to myself, well, at least she can take the daughter out of the school. That's probably the, the best option, really. But they won't even allow her to do that. They've basically removed all rights and privileges away from her being this child's mother. Nothing that a mother could do is going to work in this situation. She can't even choose what school her daughter goes to. They're basically saying she's trapped there. She has no say in the matter. Keep in mind, this is all because of a mask or the lack thereof outside on a sidewalk in front of the school. Okay. That's what's crazy about this. This story is very dystopian. It's very worry, worrying and bothersome when we think about where we're going here. That literally you as a parent can have everything taken away from you, children and whatnot, all over a literal mask 
not just a mask in a school where they're requiring that you wear one in the school, but outside of the school on the sidewalk in front. That is insane. They have no right to tell people at large how to raise their children. They have no right to take them away from you. I mean, this is kind of like a crazy DCF type moment here. All because of a mask, though. It's not that she is an unfit mother, but the way that they're treating all of this is if she is. I mean, the daughter was wearing the mask in the school. The mother was wearing the mask in the school. She took it off when she left, when she was outside and in front of the school. There's no reason why she needed to have it on at that point in time. She's already left the place where you would need to actually wear it, where it was actually required. But I think what this is, is just once again, these people that go crazy over this kind of stuff at these schools, uh, trying to basically flex their power over the situation. But this gets even more crazy when you're looking at the fact that she basically doesn't even have custody of her own child anymore. That's where things have gone way too far, way too far. So in Sarasota County, to switch stories a little bit, there have been zero deaths since March 10th from COVID-19, which is crazy. If, if you really think about it, the, the way that the numbers and the things that we've been hearing all around have always been Target showing this death count going up and up and up and up and up. Most people don't even know where the deaths are anymore because mainstream media is not reporting on it anymore. Now that Joe Biden's in office, they don't have to worry about doing that. Unlike they were with Trump because they wanted to pin every single one of the deaths on him. But now, either way, in Sarasota, there were apparently 67 new cases reported, but a total of 28,092 cases since the pandemic actually began, at least as far as the cases go. Now, no new deaths have been reported since March 10th, the longest period without a new death since July. So now that means that, uh, and, and by the way, with Sarasota County, there's 751 residents that have died from COVID-19. If we're to trust the exact numbers of what those deaths were, if it was a sole cause or not, but either way, that, those were the numbers that they're actually reporting as far as deaths total. So really the story in all of this is that the lockdowns don't work. Because Sarasota is still open. Sarasota also, big big spot for tourism as well. They haven't locked down. Or at least they're not locked, they haven't been locked down for a while, along with the rest of Florida. Thanks to Ron DeSantis, the person and the governor that they are trying as hard as possible to demonize in this entire process. So remember, we have Fauci on record, by the way, telling us that people don't need to wear a mask and that they need to wear two masks. I mean counter to each other entirely. He insisted that six feet apart was necessary, but now just about a week ago, they're saying three feet is fine. Once again, you have all of these, we're supposed to trust these people, the scientists to tell us what is going on and to give us truthful information. The problem is that every time we look into these types of stories, every time we look at the numbers, every time we listen to what they're saying, they're telling us one thing. And then the next month they're telling us an entirely different thing. I mean, Fauci literally said that he lied to people by saying that they didn't need to wear or buy any masks at all when the first time th the first thing was happening because he wanted to reserve them for healthcare workers, for government officials, things like that. That's what was going on. And then he switches and says, okay, now you need to wear a mask. And now one mask isn't enough, now two masks. Well, it's just common sense, right? Three masks, four masks, five masks. That's basically what it's going to, coming down to at this point. It's just more and more and more to try and get these, these rules in place. But the problem is that the rules keep changing. And then we're seeing this clearly with Sarasota County that, and, and many other places, I mean, really it's all of Florida, to be honest with you, 
But what we're seeing here, clearly, is that the lockdowns don't work and that the mask mandates aren't doing anything either. That you can be open and not have to deal with these types of crazy numbers at all. But yet, once again, the mainstream media doesn't want to report on any of this stuff because that would, you know, completely derail their entire army against Ron DeSantis. So speaking of lockdowns, the Southern California city of Burbank shut off the power to a popular restaurant. And this is because they basically refused to comply to the lockdowns, to the shutdowns of their restaurant. So basically the restaurant owner said, you know what, what we're going to do is we're going to get generators and we're going to keep on operating anyways. Think about that for a second. That's, that's crazy, but let's, let's go into this. So the Los Angeles Superior Court authorized the city to shut off power to the restaurant over the weekend. So this was court approved here. This wasn't like some, just one guy. This was entirely proven within the court and allowed them to entirely shut off the power to a business. The city had also asked for permission to padlock the door shut, but the judge deemed that the move would be a step too far and denied it. Okay, so shutting the door is too far, but shutting off their power entirely, that's perfectly fine. That's within the power and means of this whole lockdown situation. So how does that make any sense? I mean, seriously, apparently the restaurant was doing outdoor dining. I don't understand how exactly a city gets the right to basically shut off a utility to somebody because they don't like the fact that they're running their business. This is why people are leaving California. They're leaving these liberal states because they want to be able to run their business. They don't want to be held to these ridiculous orders, basically telling them that they can't even make any money whatsoever. And if you think for a second that maybe they're saying, well, their restaurant is a super spreader. It's just going to cause for more people to get the virus. Think back to a gym, a gym in New Jersey. It was called Atlas Gym, and they were under fire because they continued to operate under the lockdowns as well. They even were on Fox News. I mean, these guys fought hard to keep their business open, and they have been, I think they were, what was it? I think about a million dollars was what their lawsuits were stacked up to for the city basically suing them like crazy over and over and over again because they refused to lock down. But they put in all of these measures. They had all of these nice HEPA filters and stuff and, and all these all the different sanitization requirements and just you name it. They had it going on in that gym to make sure that nobody got this virus. And they even reported nobody that has gone to this gym has gotten the virus. However, that didn't matter to the state. It didn't matter to the city. They were still going to do everything in their power to shut them down no matter what. So they don't really care about really what's going on with the virus in that particular restaurant or the fact that they had outdoor dining. They just don't want people to operate at all. That's what this is about. Keep them on a leash and we can control them. We can keep them from running their restaurant and we can tell them exactly what they need to do and what they can't do as well. So just a quick reminder that I do have a Patreon where you can donate directly to the show here. And if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcast networks, please remember to leave a review as it does help the show out as well. Ron DeSantis slams critical race theory and says that it has no place in any classrooms. Florida civics curriculum will incorporate foundational concepts with the best materials and it will expressly exclude unsanctioned narratives like critical race theory and other unsubstantiated theories.
let me be clear, there's no room uh, in our classrooms for things like critical race theory. Teaching kids to hate their country and to hate each other is not worth one red cent of taxpayer money. So we will invest in actual, solid, true curriculum, and we will be a leader in the development and, in, and implementation of a world-class civics education. So if you're not entirely familiar with what critical race theory is, it is basically this idea where they tell students and children that the United States is inherently racist, which is, of course, completely false, but it doesn't matter to them. They have a curriculum set up, and that's the way that they're going to basically teach it. Now, a part of the things that they are teaching, usually through these types of courses, is that racism is present in every aspect of life, every relationship, and every interaction, and therefore has its advocates. Look for it everywhere. Which pretty much well defines exactly what's going on with the left right now. It, whether, regardless of which story it is, I mean, it could be any of the ones that we've looked at or that I've talked about. Oftentimes you see them literally insert race where it doesn't really belong. So there's a, a little bit of a story later that I'll be talking about that kind of goes into why this doesn't make sense, where you see people doing this. But the other thing that it kind of goes into is, is what, they call, what they call interest convergence, where they're basically saying that white people only give black people opportunities and freedoms when it is also in their own interest, and therefore doesn't trust any attempt to make racism better. Once again, a lot of this is this inherent thing. It's this idea that no matter what you do, there's always something racist involved in this way of life. They also are against free societies and want to dismantle them and replace them with something as it advocates as control. It only treats race issues as socially constructed groups. So there are no individuals in critical race theory. So what does that mean? Basically, what it's talking about is stereotyping. It's basically assuming that everybody kind of just is literally only classified by a certain racial group. And that's it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, which is, of course, ridiculous. We all know that. But that's the thing that they are trying to teach people. Remember, these are the same people that are advocating or have advocated for segregation. Because give or take 50, 60 years ago, most people were saying, well, we want to be together. Everybody needs to be pushing for this where regardless of your race, everybody can culminate in the same classroom on the same job and be next to each other. It doesn't matter. Now they're saying, well, we need black only this, black only that, black only businesses. That's the way that they're trying to do this, basically separating everything up. Right now, believe it or not, if you go into your Uber Eats app, there's a very good chance that you're going to see a specific tab. This is black only businesses. How is that making anybody more equal than anything else? I mean, what world are we going to live in in five, 10 years when you go into an application like that where you, or you're on Google searching for something and every little category is Asian restaurant, black restaurant, white restaurant, Indian restaurant, like and not Indian food, just Indian owned, right? What is that going to look like? How is that not segregation? You're splitting everyone up. Instead of letting the reviews speak for themselves at these restaurants, you're basically trying to push people to go to more black businesses for the sake of just, what, being woke, I guess? Seems a bit ridiculous, don't you think? Once again, I still, and nobody seems to be able to tell me exactly what a black-owned business really is. Is it the fact that the owner is black? 
What if the co-owner isn't? Does, what about the workforce? What if the owner's black, but everybody that's on the actual workforce is all white? How does this work? It doesn't make any sense at all. So going into a little bit of a different story, this, this thing kind of popped up on Twitter over the past two days. So there's a suspect that's in custody after some shootings happened in Georgia at these massage parlors. So a suspect was busted Tuesday evening for the slayings of eight people in shootings at three massage parlors stuffed primarily with Asian women in Atlanta. Now, right off the bat, I think most people are seeing this story. When I saw it, I thought, okay, just another shooter doing something. What's the justification? That's what we want to know. That's what everybody wants to know. So getting into exactly what happened. So first of all, they believe that this guy opened fire on five people shortly after 5 p.m. in Young's Asian Massage in Cherokee County. The victims included two Asian women, a Caucasian woman and a Caucasian man. Less than an hour later, four people were killed in shootings at two spas on Piedmont Road in Atlanta. And then the four victims of the Atlanta shootings appeared to be all Asian women, according to the Atlanta police chief, Rodney Bryant. Now, this guy was arrested after authorities had tracked down his car. So he's already arrested. He's already in jail. But what was the justification for this? So Basically, the guy actually, when he was speaking with police, told them that he wanted to eliminate locations that he saw as temptations for his sexual addiction. Now, so he's basically saying he was a sex addict and he wanted to get rid of these things. So that was his justification. Now, it's a stupid justification. Of course, there's no justification for any of that stuff, but that's what he was doing. Now, Biden actually was doing a meeting. He was having a meeting with the prime minister of Ireland. And he took this opportunity to talk about racism against Asian Americans. So Joe Biden has been sounding the alarm about this stuff for a while now, but now he's really hitting it home where he basically was saying that this was racism against Americans or, or these Asian Americans that has been going on for months, apparently, suggesting that Trump is at fault for saying Wuhan virus or Chinese virus for the recent attacks on Asians. Now, first of all, that doesn't make any sense at all. The reason why Trump actually is saying Wuhan virus or China virus is, is exactly the reason why he said he was saying that. That's where it came from. There's literally a clip where a bunch of reporters were asking him in this kind of presser, why do you keep saying China virus? Why do you keep saying that? And he's like, yeah, it's from China. Like, that's why. In other words, I don't want, he didn't want people to forget where this virus came from. Everybody wants to do that. I, I worry of the day when a year or two years from now, people look at this virus and don't know where it came from. Legitimately, because the news didn't tell them at all. Keep in mind, if China did their job right, there's a very good chance this virus wouldn't have even been a thing right now. If China wasn't a horribly run communist country, I, there's a very good chance that the, the coronavirus would not be a thing. Think about it. Like, that never would have happened in the United States. It never would have gotten out. And if it was even close to getting out or spread anywhere, everything that we have is public. Anyone in the world can see it. But in China, they covered it up for a long period of time and did not want to divulge the origin of where it came from. The reporters that were reporting on the whole thing were either detained or got the virus and died. So clearly, China did not want any of the information to get out. There's never going to be a day in the United States, or well, I hope there isn't a day in the United States, where something happens that the government messed up or some group of people messed up really bad. And a reporter goes to try and report on the situation just to be found met with being arrested because the government didn't want that news to get out to people. That's why we're fighting against communism. So 
Trump had a very good reason to do that. Just because these people are Asian and the perpetrator is white does not mean automatically that it is racist. But as we discussed earlier, that's exactly how Democrats view everything. That's the way they do it. So you have this problem where they are clearly trying to conflate these two things. They're trying to take what this guy said by saying, well, I'm a sex addict and I did this and that, and basically turn that into he's a white supremacist somehow. That's that's exactly what they're trying to do in this situation. Of course, ridiculous doesn't make sense. They're clearly trying to force this narrative just because they want it to be true so badly. That's really what this is all about. They want to force this into their narrative, regardless of what the situation actually was. So didn't seem to have much interest in Asian Americans over the past few weeks when they were being beat up by black people. That did happen. And I didn't hear any of the people on Twitter or the woke left saying anything about that. Once again, do they really care? I don't think they do. It just depends on whether it fits into the narrative that they're trying to push at the time. And the fact is that if they really wanted to help Asian Americans out at any point at all, maybe they would eliminate the affirmative action that works directly against them at pretty much every major college. So in case you don't know, most people know what affirmative action is, and we usually assume that it's kind of the, and the normal implementation of it is that you basically have it where if you are a minority of any sort, that the test scores to get into a particular school are much lower than that of someone else of a different race. Now, that would make sense if you're talking about a socioeconomical type of situation where it's like they didn't make that much money, they don't have that much money, that we can clearly see that their family is poor, but they're not doing that. They're literally saying regardless of how rich or poor you are, as long as you fit a certain skin color, boom, you, you can get any scholarship you want, you can get into the college pretty easily at least much easier than somebody else that may have the exact same bad circumstances as you, but just happens to not fit in the right race for that application. Well, Asians get it, get it the opposite way. The issue with them is that what they want to have to deal with is that they need a significantly higher score. So there were reports, uh, this was probably from the last year, I think, or maybe two years ago where Yale was basically saying we have way too many Asian students and Harvard said the same thing. We have too many Asian students here. So what did they do? They basically made their scores even higher. So they actually had to or have to currently score higher on a particular test or whatever it is or the SAT to get into the school simply because of their skin color. They felt that there were too many there, so they're trying to lower that number. So basically right now, if you're actually trying to get into college, the person that's going to have the hardest time is somebody that's Asian. The next in line is going to be somebody that's a white person. The person next in line is going to be the minorities. How does that make any sense? But my point is, is that if they really wanted to care about Asian lives and their well-being in the United States, why not get rid of that thing? Because, and don't think that Asians aren't aware of this. I mean, many of them are too ignorant to know about it. Sure, they just haven't seen it or don't, like I said, they just haven't read the news. The news isn't talking about it. Hardly anyone is talking about it. But let's take a second to actually look at a lawsuit that a bunch of or several of actual Asian students were filing against Harvard because of this weird thing, this weird reverse affirmative action type of measure. So really doesn't um, make any sense there at all either. So this entire situation basically calls for the hashtag Asian Lives Matter to start trending on Twitter. And if you remember from last year, back, uh, Black Lives Matter was going on. That was when they were using that hashtag. So somebody 
on Twitter decided that they were going to put out a post to basically put everybody in their place about using this, what they're deeming as offensive, Asian Lives Matter uh, hashtag. So the tweet says, I see Asian Lives Matter trending, but don't co-op the Black Lives Matter hashtag. Use Stop Asian Hate hashtag. We must not erase or forget black oppression in this. Things have been terrible for a long time for many. It is not new. We can lift each other up without co-opting. So, you know, this this proves this person, along with everybody else that agrees with this thing, is exactly what we were kind of pointing to last year when we said that BLM does not care about anybody but Black Lives Matter. That's it. That's all they're, that's all they're going to basically speak about. That's why they got so mad when people used all lives matter because it was never about the lives of anyone mattering. It was only about trying to make it seem as if only black lives matter. That's what it was basically trying to do because if they believed for even a second that anyone else's lives really did matter, then they would of course have an allow for them to make their own hashtags, especially Asian lives matter. But according to this person, you can't do that. You can't, co-opt their thing because lives mattering is a thing that only really works for black people and if you take that away from them then apparently it means less and so forth and so forth once again this is the problem with trying to be woke in this whole narrative of everything is that everybody has to have their own thing only black lives can matter only asians can stop hate only this can be this and this little hashtag for these is reserved for this group of people and before we know we're gonna have all these little hashtags reserved for every single different race and and you can't cross those paths you can't dare co-opt what they're trying to call basically use anything that they're using and apply it to your own thing. You can't do that because Black Lives Matter or lives mattering in general only, only, according to these people, is reserved for BLM. That's it. Only if it's black. Anything else doesn't apply. That's the problem with all of this stuff here. So getting into this, this part here, we have a uh, kind of a slightly different story that's talking about a set of teens, two teens that are in Rochester, New York, that allegedly set a man on fire in an apartment, and now they're facing murder charges. Now, these two teens who allegedly set a man on fire inside his own home in upstate New York last week are facing murder charges after the man died of his injuries on Tuesday. The boys, ages 14 and 16, very young, were initially charged with first-degree assault and second-degree arson after 53-year-old Stephen um, Stephen was doused with a flammable liquid and intentionally set on fire while he sat in a chair in his apartment on Friday. So the victim ran out of his apartment on fire about five minutes after he returned from a corner store at 12.30 p.m. He suffered second and third degree burns to more than 70% of his body and was rushed to burn the unit at Strong Memorial Hospital, where he died of his injuries shortly after 4 a.m. on Tuesday. So... This is a crazy story here because what you have is a situation where these two teens literally setting a guy on fire. And here's the thing. You're not going to hear about this in the mainstream media, by the way. They're not going to talk about this ever. The reason why you're not going to hear about this is because both of the teams happen to be black. Is that the reason why they did it? I, I highly doubt it. But the point is, is that if the roles were reversed, you know for a fact that the mainstream media will be telling you the exact opposite thing. Just like when this guy shoots a bunch of people in these parlors, these massage parlors, 
they immediately look at the race and say, that's racist. Even though the guy says something completely different, they immediately attribute a motive regardless of what the, even the actual person that did it said. And the same thing in this situation is that I'm not going to do that for these people. And no conservative is. We're not going to look at this and say, well, it's only because they're black and because he was white. We're not going to say that. But we are going to look at it and say, this is why the media is not going to talk about it. We know what they would say if the roles were reversed. Either way, it's an extremely heinous act that these two teenagers committed. But once again, just showing the idea that the mainstream media controls exactly what most people know about, what they hear about in every aspect. Anything outside of that, you're probably not going to know about it because they don't want you to know about it because it doesn't fit with what they're trying to actually convey. The fact is, is that we don't know the exact motive for this particular situation. The police are still trying to figure that out. But events like this in this situation happen all the time. And either way, when you look at stories like this, it just shows that race isn't inherent to how we live. Just because you are a certain race doesn't mean that that is every aspect of what you do. That's why we don't have to view incidents like this specifically through that lens. It doesn't really matter, ultimately. It's about the act being evil, and that's it. That's all we. That's what we can look at it as. We don't have to automatically go to race like the left oftentimes does. So this lady walks into a Korean tea store. Lady is black. She walks in and basically says that they need to basically just shut down their entire store and starts yelling at all of these people because apparently they are stealing black culture somehow. This establishment is uh, not black owned, but using you're stealing black culture. Is this not black culture? Trap tea, the boba plug? No, you're thieves. Asian Asian people stealing black black culture once again. Once again. It's okay, you'll be exposed though. You're not black owned. You're stealing black culture. Thank you're you for coming. Black culture. You for coming. No, I came here because I thought it was black owned. That's why I came here. I told my friends, I'm supporting a black business. This is not black owned. You're not, this is not black owned. Asian stealing, stealing black culture. Once again, uh, you're a coon. Don't talk. I'm a coon. Why? I came here because I didn't know it was black owned. I did. I did. Because you're a coon. I'm not sure if you heard the term that she called the guy at the very end of the clip, but if you were listening to what she was saying, uh, how is it that you can simultaneously stand for black businesses, but then also use a racial slur against another black man in the same place? So if you're listening to this just on the audio, you basically just have this black lady shouting across the counter at not only just Asian people, but some other races of people as well that just happen to work in this Korean tea store. And the guy that kind of interjected at the very end to kind of calm her down, this guy with maybe some common sense here, she actually starts calling him names. That guy's black as well. So just a crazy situation of how people like this have no business telling anybody how they should be running their business. They have no idea what's going on. I mean, the, the whole premise of this is so ridiculous because she's like, well, I'm only in here because this is I thought it was a black owned business. Like, how dare you? do this and trick me into thinking that maybe it was something else, which I don't think it was fooling anybody, but really absolutely insane. When you're looking at people like this, that people think this way, act this way, behave this way, see the world through that lens is all because of this critical race theory, all because of the things that the left is telling people that they need to be doing the way that race has to deal with everything in our lives. That's the problem with all of this. So with that being said, thanks for watching or listening to this show, and I will see you back on Monday.
You just watched an episode from The William Hall Show. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe.